welcome everyone to the Dr. Rob Empowerment Podcast. You are listening in for another great episode. And uh, first, I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to what we have to say. This podcast is all about providing educational, inspirational, and transformational content so that we can help on your journey in living life in purpose, on purpose. So I don't want to waste any time because we have a very uh, a special guest today. And <clears throat> this week I'm doing a special uh, where I'll be, usually we broadcast once a week. But this week, in honor of Black History Month, uh, before the month is over, I will be broadcasting uh, interviews that I'm doing with several guests throughout this week. So this guest here is kicking off the Black History Makers Week, and you will truly, truly be inspired. You will enjoy this this podcast, and um, let's get ready to to dig into this phenomenal person. And uh, let me just just share a little bit about her. She is a wife, a mother. She is an executive staff member of one of the largest churches in the nation. She has a master's in nonprofit law. And one of the things in which I invited her on this show for is that she's a history maker uh, in a a town where they live in St. John, Indiana. And we'll get into exactly what that means. So without further ado, let's welcome Ms. Winter. Welcome, Winter. Thank you so much, Dr. Rob. I'm so excited to be with you today. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for taking time. And I know you are a busy person. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So Absolutely. just uh, let's, let's, I, I shared a few bullet points, but if you have anything else you want to elaborate on about yourself, uh, just sharing a little bit, please do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yes, uh, I've been married for almost 16 years. Wow. And uh, I have two children, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old, a boy and a girl. So they're so amazing, so incredible. And, yes, I am the executive director at Family Christian Center in Munster, Indiana. And I've been in that role for... Uh, close to two years now and prior to that I was artistic director for 15 years and Uh, so uh, I have a long-standing heritage (laughs) with our church so yes yes. wow and and the church family Christian Center that is uh, led by the one and only Dr. Steve and Melody Muncy yes uh, which is often you can see them on television and and things like that and and now you mentioned that you were the artistic director which was uh, a role that pretty much the big productions of what the church is known for um, you were an integral part of that correct I was uh, I started in 2003 and during that time period there wasn't a lot of cohesiveness within the performing arts department structurally so Mm. over the past 15 years during my time in that role uh, just reinstituted structure in order to be able to facilitate and um, um, 
just really handle the demand that was on us in the region for performing and creative arts. So we did a school. Mm. We were able to um, invite the community to be a part of our church productions. We taught and we cultivated and we were able to really build a solid foundation of performing arts in Northwest Indiana through Family Christian Center and Refuge Productions. Wow, wow making an impact so you 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 are definitely um no stranger to being a history maker and making your mark i see and uh, so now as an executive director i'm sure that comes with its challenges just like uh, your previous roles and but i'm sure it's rewarding it is it's very rewarding uh being able to make a lifelong investment in not just an organization and uh, a church, but into the people who are the volunteers, who who are the team, who's the staff that manages and runs it and being able, again, to cultivate a culture of excellence mm-hmm. and being able to grow and expand our knowledge base so that we can continue to impart into others in every ministry. So it isn't no lo- it's no longer performing creative arts, but it's, in, it's the entire organization holistically. So, right. you know, just again, broadening that perspective, really working with each department, structure, um, strategic planning, organization, building on those foundations so that their departments can excel and can exceed those expectations. So wow. it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it the fruit speaks for itself. Um, now, tell me with that, your, your uh, as far as your professional role, and how did your or does your degree in is a nonprofit law? Is that yes. correct? Yeah. Okay. So was it inspired by your pre- your employment, or is that something that you saw the need for to um, further develop your ability in executing what you do? Well, there's a story behind that, like in most things. Um, so <laughs> I. Like I had stated previously, I had been in my role, my previous role for 15 years, and I really wanted to do something else. I wanted to go a little more broad spectrum when it came to an organization. So prior to beginning uh, my journey with Family Christian Center, in undergrad, I majored in biology. And... uh, Originally, the goal was to go to veterinarian school, to become a veterinarian, go to Africa, work with big cats. Like, that was my goal. And then that didn't happen for one reason or another. It just wasn't my journey. So um, I took my LSAT. I got into law school, and I was going into environmental law. So I I had always had this... um, yearning to really go back into law so taking it from uh just not only a theatrical perspective a ministry perspective but going into business organizational for nonprofit specifically i felt it was the time to go back and um get my degree in nonprofit law so that i could be able to Mm -hmm. advance us as an organization, Family Christian Center, as well as Refuge Productions um, with my degree. So it was a little twofold. I I wanted to get back into it and I wanted to also utilize that skill set 
and to continue the development of where I was. Right. Wow. <clears throat> That's incredible, incredible. And so that that shares brings us up to uh, current state. And let's rewind just a little bit in in regards to everything that you are already doing. Like I said, a wife, mother, and the, the busy schedule that you have with um, your role in Family Christian Center. <laughs> the reason that I have you mainly on for this week as a Black history maker um, is because of your additional role that you found time to take on involving with St. John in Indiana, the city of St. John, with the fire department. Yes. So what exactly is your position there? I am currently a volunteer fire fighter with the St. John Fire Department, and I'm also in EMT Academy. And uh, in May, I will be uh, receiving my certification as an EMT. An EMT for people who don't know what that means? Emergency medical technician. So on the ambulance, uh, my fire department is also an EMS department. So Mm -hmm. we are one department. Sometimes you subcontract uh, ambulance services, EMT paramedics, if your firehouse does not have um, a joint emergency medical services provider. So every most, actually all of the full-time firefighters on my department, they are also paramedics. Some are EMTs Mm -hmm. as well. So I was encouraged uh, from my Uh, battalion chiefs and my fire chief to really think about becoming an EMT. It will again expand my skill set and my knowledge base for the fire department, but it will also help me with my role at Family Christian Center because part of my job is writing and creating policy and procedure. And so Mm -hmm. when we're doing evacuation procedures, medical procedures or medical policies, for emergency situations, I would be that first responder in order to assess the situation to see what next level we need to go to depending on the type of emergency. So I will have that certification to be able to do that. Um, Mm. And it was something that I thought would be really great to do. And again, you know, if your fire chief encourages you to do something, you should probably listen (laughs) to your fire chief and do it. So, and, and it's, it's, it's that that's very incredible. And I want to get into what inspired you just even um, to get into the fire department, but the, the, the history maker part of it is that you are the first female. I'm the first uh, black person and black female on my fire department. Wow. So you are the first black female in the fire department in the city of St. John, Uh Indiana. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. For being such a history maker and a trailblazer and opening the doors and an inspiration, um, I'm sure, to a lot of younger people who are looking up uh, to you. And I know you have great influence, but that's incredible. With everything that you're already doing, the capacity you're you're a key figure at one of the largest churches if my research serves me correctly it's in the top 20 13 or 15 or something yes 13 13 yes 13 largest church in the country 
and and yet you 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 find time to do all of this and to continue to educate yourself so let's go back to the inspiration motivation um that said hey i want to be a part of the 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 fire department of (laughs) what was that conversation like at the dinner table with your husband and kids because i know you had (laughs) yes that's a funny story dr rob um (laughs) so (laughs) my involvement started with actually my daughter i wanted to as i was in this transitional period from uh, really removing myself from artistic director, trying to figure out what I do uh, within the organization. I wanted to make it a point to volunteer more outside of the church because we do so much and it can be a little all encompassing. And I really wanted to uh, focus on the community aspect of it in our community. So uh, I spoke with my daughter. There were options for her in her school. And one of the uh, organizations that she wanted to be a part of was Girls on the Run. And it's an incredible organization. They're national. Actually, they're international. And basically, um, it's, uh, it is a curriculum-based self-esteem, really helping to cultivate a young woman, a a young girl into a young woman, those life skills. And then they also run and it's interactive. There's exercises, et cetera. And then after the end of the eight week program, they have a 5k. And so, you know, I really wanted, she wanted to run. She wanted to do this. She wanted me to get involved. I wanted to get involved. So I said, let's do it. Signed up for it. Uh, there was a head coach position available and I'd never done that before. So I was like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. Well, one of the prerequisites was that I had to get certified in CPR. So I was like, okay, well, let me research where I can get certified in BLS or CPR. And uh, my local fire department did those monthly. So I get involved I call them up I take the CPR class I really enjoy it it's great uh, the fire department is is outstanding it's a beautiful facility I was like wow this is incredible so I raised my hand after the course for uh, CPR and I said uh, excuse me sir how do I get more involved in the fire department and then all of a sudden oh. I was filling out an application <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Like literally oh, that day. So mm. I and and wow. I was, you know, when you're in the moment, sometimes you don't really think <laughs> about what you're actually yeah. doing and what that means, like the big picture of it. So exactly. I live about four minutes from the fire department and I came, I was on the drive home and I'm like, what am I about to tell my family? <laughs> like, how are they even going to feel about this? Oh, so, okay, okay. you know, I came home and I told them and they're like, okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, go for it. Do it. Yeah, go 100%. 100% supportive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my family knows that I'm an adventurous spirit, that I, I kind of live on the edge a little bit when it comes to things. So they were completely supportive of it. And, um, Wonderful. you know, I have fire service in my family. 
some of my mm-hmm. friends are firefighters, have been in the past. So it's it's always okay. been there, you know, uh, around me. And uh, it was just the time for me to go ahead and take that step and go on that journey. Wow. Okay. So it started with girls on the <laughs> run, on the and run. <laughs> and you've been running ever running since. Running every uh, ever since. Uh, I'm gonna continue to run. So. After that, that is, <laughs> and that now tell me in 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 being a part of the fire department, St. John. Did it ever? At what point did you realize that? Wow, I I kind of just made history. Towards the end of academy. You know, um, it was never a goal of mine to be the first African-American Black person to do something. Like, I I just wasn't... Right. It wasn't my... It wasn't, like, in the forefront of my brain. I don't even know at what point I thought about it. Because... You know, um, the fire service, I, I, I don't uh, I don't live in a very diverse community. Um, right. So uh, there aren't many black African-American people in my town. Uh, it's a very low percentage demographically. Um, right. And it, which is fine because, you know, we're here and we're here to, you know, encourage and to educate and inform and enlighten. So, you know, we're making strides in that way uh, so that if people are now getting accustomed to an increase of a different demographic, you know, we're there as a great representation of it. Um, but sometimes you don't think about it when you're just going, when you're, when you're walking in really where the Lord's called you to, to go and the journey that he has created for you. Sometimes you don't think about those things. So honestly, I didn't really think about me being a black person in this department until it was close to graduation. And Mm. I, um, I was chosen by my class to give our graduation speech. And as I was creating that speech, that's really when it dawned on me that I was representing my class at my department because our graduation was at the St. John Fire Department. So it was really important to me um, as a student, first and foremost, to represent us well. But then as a woman. I was the only female that graduated in my class. I was probably the most mature age-wise. I know I was in my class. So I was the oldest in my class. I was the only um, female and I was one of two, I'm sorry, one of three uh, black people in my class. So I felt like, okay, Winter, you got to bring your A game because you're representing your brothers, your sisters, your department, your family. So at that point, really when I was writing that speech is is when it dawned on me. And um, it was, um, I was overwhelmed. I, I was overwhelmed. It wasn't, it wasn't, an awesome moment to realize and just the significance of what that means and the availability and the opportunity that it brings for other people to feel invited and welcomed and cared for 
and that they have a representative that can kind of open doors for other people to be able to join organizations, the right. fire service, the police department, etc. because of that moment. <clears throat> so that's such a a huge mantle yet a rewarding one, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, to have under your belt and and to be pretty much go down in history. Yeah. Uh, for people to come generations to come to see that and be inspiring so that that is truly awesome and i know that doing this and just because you were female just because you're african-american you weren't just handed this opportunity just to meet a quota or something i know you had to work to get to the status of even graduate I can imagine because I know you're dealing with people's lives and fires so I know you weren't just handed Mm, a a silver spoon even though it's the recruit academy which is the volunteer academy we go through the exact same training as a full-time career Mm -hmm. firefighter so I'm climbing ladders that are 100 plus feet in the air I'm uh, throwing ladders uh, which is basically meaning you're putting a ladder up uh, on, on a building, a 34 foot right. ladder up to a building, three stories tall. You're doing rescue, search and rescue. I've got to be able to carry a 150 pound person, um, wow. you, whatever. And all of the physical, strenuous, m- mentally strenuous tasks and in, that a mm-hmm. firefighter has to endure. We experienced that. Academy was six months long three days a week and it was intense so it was definitely the most challenging physically and mentally challenging thing I've ever done in my life and there were days where I wanted to throw in the towel um like winter what are you doing I've had several of those like moments where you're just sitting there and you're like winter what are you doing but my why my, my why keeps me going it keeps me focused. Okay. It keeps my goal in front of me. I don't veer to the left or the, to the right if my why, my purpose, is in front of mm-hmm. me. And so that continued to keep me going. But it was it was difficult. Uh, we started off with thirty seven students. We ended with seventeen. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's 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 <clears throat> a big chunk. It That's is. a huge thing. That's a great yeah. percentage that didn't make it. For you to make it uh, through that, um, especially with a, a job, is kind of, I would say, kind of chauvinistic view, perspective that most society look at that in a chauvinistic way that that is a male's mm-hmm. job. You know, so you're breaking barriers, you competing, and I don't want to say competing, but you, you endure yes. it. And that's amazing. That is amazing. So one of the things that I understand that you participated in um, since you've been a part of the fire department was the 9-11, the most recent 9-11 fundraiser event. Can you tell us about what that involved? Yes, the FDIC and the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, they put annual stair climb and when we originally signed up for this, this has been going on for years. Um, it was in Indianapolis at the uh, football stadium. So mm-hmm. um, since 9-11, uh, firefighters all over the world 
they do a stair climb and it is 110 floors for 343 that perished, that lost their life uh, on 9-11. And so it's all about remembrance. It's all about honoring. It's um, keeping, keeping that sacrifice that everybody mm-hmm. did in the forefront of our heads because <clears throat> at any point, anything can happen to any firefighter, you know? Uh, they're the first ones to be called for most incidents. And so even though it's almost been 20 years, we don't, we never want to forget that ultimate sacrifice that each of them paid. So um, I had the opportunity to get involved. And then when COVID happened, we no longer were able to convene at the stadium. So it was a a virtual event. So um, everyone who signed up made the commitment to either uh, climb 110 floors. Um, They could do Mm -hmm. it however they wanted to do it. So you didn't have to be in your full gear. If you didn't okay. want to, there really weren't a lot of requirements. It's all based upon what you're able to physically do. Um, and then uh, people could also run nine point a 9.11K. So I chose okay. to do the 110 floors. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that makes me tired <laughs> just listening to that. I know I, when I'm at my office, I I try to commit to walking up five or seven floors on the stairs. And I know by the time I hit seven, I'm praying, um, just Lord Jesus, give me one more breath. And um, just to hear you you did that many, please tell tell us, did you do full gear or you chose not yeah, to? Yeah, I had my full um, bunker gear on. So that's pants, boots, helmet, jacket, my ear pack. Wow. And then I also carried a set of irons. Pardon? I'm saying so the people have an idea of how much that weighs, the equipment that firefighters have to uh, carry on when they have full gear. What's the approximate weight? So approximately everything uh, is between 45 to 65 pounds. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So you had 40 to 65 pound extra while you're doing all of this. Yeah, it was about 60 pounds. I carried a set of irons with me, which is a Halligan bar and a, and a flathead axe, which is a standard tool set uh, that most firefighters carry. Um, so you got to mm-hmm. think if they're climbing up, because obviously during 9-11, they weren't able to use elevators. Everything was shut down. It was all manual. And you're on rescue. Mm. Uh, anyone who's on a truck company, <clears throat> which uh, typically goes in and does search and rescue, you would have something with you. Everyone carries a tool, but nine times out of ten, it would be a set of irons. So um, in case there's entrapment, if you've got to go through a wall or whatever the case may be, uh, for you to be able to get out of that emergency situation. So in total, mm-hmm. it was roughly around 60 to 65 pounds. Wow, wow, wow. So what was that like? How how long did it take you to complete the task? It, of all um, I think, well, the actual event took me probably around 30, I can't remember, maybe 35 minutes in total uh, to do the 110 floors. 
but I trained for it for approximately a month and a half. So okay. uh, I don't typically do the stairs with that much weight on. So I had to build up for that. So uh, ultimately, well, initially I started with just, you know, making sure my endurance was good. And then throughout the course of that month and a half, I built up to uh, about 70 pounds. So I was physically ready for that event, but mentally it was a completely Mm -hmm. different situation. I would, I thought I was mentally ready. It was very challenging mentally. You're thinking about what they experienced. Um, everyone who donated to my personal journey for that, uh, I wore their name. So I had about mm-hmm. 25 uh, people or families who donated. So I wrote their name on a tag and <clears throat> I put their tag on my jacket. And so they climbed with me. And then the people that I climbed for, um, I was, uh, I had their their uh their face and their badge number and uh everyone uh they were with me they were actually on my helmet and i took them off my helmet and put them in front of me as i climbed again you got to keep your goal in front of you to complete that journey and so they really helped me finish it it was it was it was very very difficult um and it was it wasn't anything I expected. I think going into something like that, you're thinking, okay, I know it's going to be tough, but I'm going to do it, you know. But you're not thinking about all of these other uh, <laughs> situations that occur in your right. head physically. Right. I had some physical issues with the with the uh, with my tools, and you're just trying to battle through those things and just to just to accomplish the goal that you set out for yourself, but. And that's simulating, yeah, and that's that's honoring, and yet almost a sense of simulating without the obstacles of fire, of panicking people, yes. of bodies that you're having to pass by. <clears throat> so you're you're dealing with you know all of that, um, just simulating. Absolutely. So you can imagine what the firefighters went through um, yes. live and dealing yes. with that. You know, and when wow. you want to give up you think they didn't give up you know they were there right. they gave their life they gave their last breath for someone else so and um you know it's very it's it's a very humbling experience i'll be doing it again this year um on september okay. 11th it'll be 20 years this year and um i'm honored i'm privileged for the for the ability mm-hmm. to be able to physically do it, to be a part of a department that supports it and an organization yes. that encourages it. So, yes, wow. yes. <laughs> very, very powerful. Wow, that is awesome. It, it, wow, I can't believe our time is wrapping up already. So before we get ready to close out, um, I, I just want you to share, if you will, um, what, what is your you may not fully know everything right now but as of now what mark in life or your legacy um, do you want to leave for your children for your family for other generations and people that you have influence over and when people look in the history books what is it that you want people to know um, in remembrance of winter dajanowski um 
Well, I hope that when people see or hear my story, the essence of it is that no matter what, you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. That you are you you have been given everything that you need to be successful, to be um, an accomplished human being. You just have to get past your own mental limitations that you've put on yourself so keep you know just to keep pushing that you can do it that no matter what you can do it and that for every girl for every female there's nothing that you cannot do Um, and then for every boy there's nothing that you have to do you know it's really who you're called to be what you're called to do walk in that with courage, with honor, with respect, with passion, and know that you are more than enough and you have more than enough to get it done. And uh, it may take some mm. time. Um, it may Your journey may be a little longer than others, but that's okay because you're called for it and you're prepared for it. So, you know, that's what I hope wow. people see and they grasp a hold of and that they can apply to their own lives. But it's possible and you can <laughs> yep if you can as, as, as Jesse Jackson used to say something if you could conceive it you can or believe yeah, it you can absolutely. achieve it something like that absolutely <laughs> but that was excellent excellent advice um, you know just your story that we've got to hear so far is truly inspiring and amazing and what you've accomplished um, in life so far. And, and I can imagine what's still yet to come. So once again, I thank you so much for being um, my first guest of this week, kicking off week of Black History Makers and uh, sharing your story. And I just wish and pray for the best in everything that you do will be blessed. And I'm sure it will. So thank you once again. Thank you, Dr. For Rob, me. for having me. Absolutely. Well, everyone, you have heard from an amazing woman, an amazing Black history maker, someone who's a living legend and still trailblazing. So as she said, get out there pretty much. Stop making excuses. Um, You got to get over the mental blocks, whatever they may be. If you need help and someone helping you process through that, then do that. But please don't make excuses um, because, as I always say, excuses are abuses to your future. And there are people out there waiting and watching you, waiting for you to fulfill and become who God called you to be so that you can help set them free in whatever area in their lives that you have the key to do. So please have a wonderful week. Tune in for um, the rest of this week. There'll be other special guests um, of other Black history makers. And as always, live life in purpose, on purpose. God bless.